Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects, and they have been since 1972. They are an essential business and have filled many needs for so many industries, including military, defense, medical, government, wind energy, and even food and beverage as well. So they have you covered even during the quarantine. They're family-owned and operated and die-hard Denver sports fans. That's why we partner with them here at DNVR. And whether you need custom rubber, foam gas, Baskets, hose assemblies, even cut metal parts. They have you covered for any possible thing you might need. So give them a call at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them online at drcfirst.com slash dnvr. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scores. Nathan McKinnon. Call J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits, my one-stop shop for all of the Breckenridge Brewery you might need. Always have one of those on hand, thanks to Davidson's. I'm Rudo, back on the show today. It's been a couple of weeks, but we have Evan Rowell joining us again, the other man on the beat here. Evan, good to have you back on. How you doing? How's quarantine life? Um... I don't know. It's not, outside of hockey, it's not all that different. I have the most exciting life. So, uh, no, I mean, just trying to get by. Kind of, I'm at the point where I'm definitely missing it now. Missing yeah. the hockey. I, I agree too. I think last weekend is when it really started to hit me bad. But, yeah. Hopefully, with the news of the day being maybe something a little bit more concrete than all of the rumors that have been flying around for a long time, both Elliot Friedman and Chris Johnston, as well as a couple of other people, I think, have have been reporting that there are some votes going on in the NHL, not only their, their main office, but also the NHLPA executives are voting on the format of play for the return of the NHL, and that does seem to sound like they're voting on that 24-team format that we voted on earlier. Um, a couple, a little bit more information about that. It sounds like the top four teams in each conference will play round-robin play to decide the top seeds, and then the rest of the teams in each conference, the remaining 16 teams, will play a, a play-in style of bracket type thing. So Yeah, best of five or something like that. Yeah, I'd, I'd but when AJ and I talked about it, we were thinking maybe even like best of three. Yeah. 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 I mean, and it sounds like at least from what Friedman just said tonight that they are, even though they're voting on it, that he said, don't expect training camps to start till July. So it's at least getting the ball rolling. They're trying to build some hype is what I think. But uh, yeah, it seems very real if players are voting on it. And he said, if, you know, if, if they're only having the 31 teams vote, the player representatives, then that's probably a good sign that it's going to get approved. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned 
the reality is getting the format sorted is great, but there's still a ton of logistical issues there on why it would get pushed back to July and, and all of that. So assuming it gets approved, it's a good first step, but still a lot of work for the league to do. Yeah, and I, I think to me the biggest question, and obviously it impacts the Avs, is what are those top eight teams? Like really a best of – I think you mentioned a best of three originally, like just playing three games to get warmed up while these other teams are in a play-in series. That, you know, after two months off, that doesn't seem like a whole lot. Well, by then it will be four months off or so. Right. so exactly. I mean, that doesn't seem like enough to get, get ready for like a full-on playoff after that. So – I think there's still some logistics that are going to need to be worked out, and this is just kind of a base starting point. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're talking about a best of five for the play-in games or whatever, you know, you're talking about teams getting into the playoffs proper with the top 16 teams, and some of these teams will have 10 games under their belts and, and kind of getting back into form as compared to the teams that are sitting at the top seeds who maybe played a couple there's a lot of logistical question marks there, I'll say. I, I'm adverse to calling it an asterisk because I don't think it matters. I think the cup is the cup, and they should award it in one way or another, but could be awkward. Yeah, it's going to be... I mean, if you look at it, the Avs are, what, two points behind St. Louis when the play stopped? Yep. But then you look at the... Eastern Conference, it's Boston was like 10 points ahead of everyone right. else. So it's how are you going to wait this? Like... What, can Boston really move like the Avs can move up or things like that? So, yeah, it's going to be weird. I, I mean, I'm I'm just imagining these Chicago and Montreal players just being like, really, we got to go back to play a couple <laughs> games when we know realistically, like, we're not, not, we're not going, going anywhere. anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, definitely tough, uh, especially with the system of play that it would be where – these teams would have to go to a different city more than likely, you know, unless you're, you happen to be Vegas, basically Um, Mm -hmm. live there for however long it takes to get everything up and running and then play their games and get knocked out before they can go home. Yeah. And you're forgetting, go through a training camp, right? That's (laughs) just as Colin Wilson. Yeah. You're going through a training camp and then what? Three months later, oh, you know, we got another training camp for next season. Well, yeah, those, it, I mean, those bottom end teams are those players are just going to be miserable. And you're talking about like realistically, if they're getting training camps in July, the playoffs don't start till late July at the earliest, maybe even the beginning of August. You're talking about a two month playoff at least to crown a cup champ. So now you're into September. You're pushing next season back to December at minimum at that point, and that schedule becomes a total mess as well then. <laughs> yeah, next season might be that shortened, like, 60-whatever game season that some people actually want to see. That'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, I mean, this whole... I, I, it seems all wacky to me, but uh, I guess they are dead set on getting hockey back and... Vegas seems almost guaranteed to be hosting one, and I'm not sure who the other uh, city is going to be, but I know I'd rather be in Vegas than, like, Edmonton. Well, is it uh, – I don't even know the details on that. Last I heard floated is they were considering doing one hub city per conference, not two each. So Yeah, I think that's what Friedman 
I think they had originally thought two per conference uh, or maybe just three in general. I don't know how they would work that out though, but, um, but now they, they're asking these hub cities, can you, do you think you can host 12 teams at once rather than just like eight? So that seems, seems so like they want to, yeah, they want to nail it down. So yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm glad I'm not in charge of any of this crap because it sounds like just a logistical nightmare. Yeah. Um, I can you know I am starting to see why people would want to put an asterisk on this one because at least in like a you think of the lockout, at least there's like a season and then a playoffs. Even if it is abbreviated, it's kind of planned out, and this is just like throwing crap to the wall and seeing what sticks, and who the heck knows what happens. So. Yeah, I, I mean, Kadri's going to go, what, six months without playing a game and has to step in the playoffs. Here we go. Something like that. Yeah, it's it's going to be crazy. We'll get on on those types of Avs decisions in, in a minute here in period two, but I did want to kind of wrap things up with this. You said you didn't want to be in charge here, but I, I want some decisions from you. Um, first of all, 24 teams. Are you comfortable with that, or would you have preferred a 16-team playoff or or something different entirely? Uh, I definitely think 24 is too many, but I know that money talks, and that probably played a big role in it. But, yeah, and I mean, like I said, I don't even think these teams, Chicago and Montreal, they even, like, want to be there. That would be my thought, is that these guys are just like, you know what, it's it's over. So I think definitely I my – I would have said there's enough season to just say 16 teams and figure it out from there. But NHL is thinking differently, and I, we know money rules everything. So that's kind of where they're playing. And 16, I mean, you think about 70 games, each team played about 70 games. That's more than enough to figure something out for the playoffs. You don't need to just jam in more teams. Even with those teams that were two points out that had played fewer games than the teams that were in? See, yeah, I mean, that's why I don't want to make any decisions. Um, <laughs> no, six, I still think 16 teams, like, it sucks. It's, but I think you just have to understand that this is just a weird year. And that's just how it's going to be. Like, no team is going to be happy. If they do 16 teams with the points at the end of the season or whatever it was, then the teams that had a higher point percentage are going to be pissed off. Or if they flip it around, the other teams are going to be pissed off. So, who the heck knows? So I'm glad I'm not in charge, but I still would have gone to 16 and just said, these are the playoffs teams. You know, everyone else, enjoy your long off season. So nothing fancy then either, just best of seven series all the way through with 16 teams? I'm a simple man, <laughs> and I don't want to think too much. And reading these playoff series, these scenarios, sounds like a lot of thinking. So what were your thoughts then on managing things like free agency and the draft and off-season ideas because realistically the free agency period is going to have to be pushed back you can't have free agency happen on july 1st as teams are just getting back to their camps for the playoffs <laughs> that would be ultimate chaos right there if that <laughs> happened, that'd be hilarious um but yeah i mean there's no other choice but uh you got to push this back i don't know if it's I don't know if they're still trying to jam the, ju- the draft yeah, into what, June. Uh, we haven't heard anything. Of, they said expect an announcement next week, last week, and we haven't heard anything on it. So, Yeah, I mean, to me, it just makes no sense to jam I anything in before. I tend to agree with you, yeah. 
It's, I mean, these managers are probably not doing a whole lot right now. So <laughs> just they're, they're going to have to cancel their usual August vacations and just be playing for a long season next year where the, they're dealing with July 1st in what, September, middle of September, yeah. October? <laughs> with like one month till the start of the season and an unknown cap situation at this point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I imagine it's a lot easier to move in the summer than what I don't really know. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just going to be pure chaos and... Maybe maybe that's just more fun if they. That would be the ultimate fun if they just had July like Z is just a restricted free agent. Like no, I'm not playing. I don't have a contract. (laughs) Just total chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Now I'd like to go and look at all the teams like who's losing free agents and see how that would actually work out. Well, would you let them move teams? Could they come back and play for a different team in the playoffs at that point? Or I don't know. I would. Could you imagine the players coming back saying, "No, we need." Two month contracts to make it through this. You got to pay us for these extra two months, something like that. Uh, I mean, they, I don't know. It'd be weird. They, there'd have to be something in place for like insurance purposes and stuff, obviously, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Hockey yeah. in the middle of July or early August in Vegas is going to be like probably the weirdest thing ever. It's going to be weird. It's definitely. It's, gonna... it's like 110 degrees there yeah. at that time. Players are going to get into the arena just sweating before they're even dressed. Like, yeah. Anyway, yeah. we can take a swap. Our, yeah, there you go. We can take our first period break there, as it is time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can pick up any of their amazing beers down from their farmhouse in Littleton. You can schedule pickup from noon to 8 p.m. when you call 303-803-1380, and you'll get $5 off when you use code DNVR. So it's a great deal. It's your favorite beer. You can get the 15-can sampler pack, or you can always head to your nearest Davidson's or grocery store to pick up your Breckenridge Brew there. They are pretty much in every single building that sells alcohol here in oh, yeah. Colorado. At Mountain Beach is clutch. That's yeah. so good. I haven't got my hands on it yet. I their last sampler pack I picked up had their new summer pilsner. So yeah, the Mountain Beach is it's a sour, but it's not like too sour. So it's kind of on the I guess it, lesser. It's got like it's coconut good. in it or something, right? Um, agave. Uh, like is that what it is? Oh, it was pineapple. Like that. That's what it was. Yeah, okay. it's, yeah, it's it's great. I highly recommend it. All right, there you go. Try out the Mountain Beach then. I've been doing a lot of drinking, obviously. <laughs> You're a dad now. It's part of the gig. <laughs> yep. I guess you've been a dad for a couple of years, but you know. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. I'm Rudo. He is Evan. So the, the league does finally seem to be sorting things out. It's time to turn our eyes towards the Avs sorting things out. AJ and I talked about their roster yesterday, and Evan, love to get your thoughts on it as well. We pretty much agreed, all right, look, you're going to have Kadri, Burakovsky, McKinnon, Ranton, and Landis Gog in the top five. But that last spot in the top six and then the bottom six, who are you playing Especially when you get down to the nitty gritty, who you scratching with a healthy Avs lineup? So that sixth spot, I am off the top of my head. I'm leaning towards putting Nachushkin there, okay, just to get somebody a little bit of a different style on that line, um, some size, and particularly defensively, get him there. Um, and then you can move Donskoy down 
give you a little puck position on those bottom six lines. So um, to me, I, I put Nachushkin with Kadri and Burakovsky, and then you got Comfer, uh, Donskoy, and God, it's been so long I'm blanking everybody, but uh, Belmar Calvert and um, Nemestikov. See, I was yeah, I was thinking Nieto, but yeah, Nemestikov would take that spot with Comfer, and then at that point, I I think Jost, I think he would start in the press box, but I, I think he would find his way in at some point. And then there's the wild card of, you know, we talk about these guys haven't played forever at Colin Wilson, who the heck knows what's going on there. So, yeah. um, they're deep. If they're all truly healthy, this is a, this is going to be a tough team to beat. Assuming yeah. everyone is staying in shape. Well, <laughs> you never know when you come back from something like this, but so you have Joe starting in the press box with Nieto in the lineup then. Yeah, I just think, I mean, you look at Nieto's playoffs last year. They know what he can bring in the playoffs. Is he going to score four goals again in the playoffs? Probably not. Um, but I think that's that would be the safe direction to start right away, and that's kind of what I think they lean towards. But we know Joe's played well in the playoffs last year, and they kept him around rather than trading him at the deadline just to have him for the playoffs. So I, I think he's going to find his way in at some point. Um, I guess the real question, like I said, is, I mean, do they actually trust Colin Wilson enough to put him in there? Because we know he's been good in the playoffs, too. A lot of guys good in the playoffs. He can only fit so many of them in. Yeah. Um, that's not a good, not, not a bad problem. That's very true. Very true. Is is So is there any thought to a Nemesnikov in the top six or, or just nukes earned it, that's that, and see how it goes? Yeah, I think the problem with Nemesnikov in the top six is that he never even – I don't even remember him getting a chance to play with the likes of Kadri and Burakovsky because they were all hurt. Yeah, so yeah. then you're throwing in a guy who hasn't played with any of them and you're trying to build chemistry. I just don't think it's going to be a fit there. So Nachushkin played well with those guys. Uh, give him the chance. And then, yeah, Nemeskov, you can put him on the third line there. and uh, That's probably where he's best suited anyway. So just keep – add some skill to the bottom six with him and Donskoy. All right. So if we're breaking down the lines, then – do you run the the three-headed monster at the top? Yeah, I don't think they're going to have yeah. any hesitation to run that. So you, then you have Nuke, Kadri, Burakovsky, Comfer, Nemesnikov, Donskoy as your mm-hmm. third, and then Belmar, Calvert, Nieto. Yeah, that's a skilled third line. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot, of, a lot of talent for a third line there. That's two guys that are have had mm, near 40-point seasons for Donskoy anyway under his belt. Yeah, that's a man. You're saying it out loud. That is a that's a nice lineup right there. <laughs> right. No no complaints on that. On the back end, that same expectation. You expect Kale Graves, um, EJ with whoever. Gerard. Honestly, <laughs> Gerard <laughs> sure. And then yeah. Zadorov and Cole as the other two kind of. Yeah, I would expect that. I, I think I said last time I was on, I was like, uh, "Do they is Bowen Byram an option here? Like, do they give him a chance?" But now I'm thinking, you know, if this is pushed into August, he's gone. How long without playing? Yeah. You're just gonna toss him in there, so it makes things a little bit different. So or difficult there. So yeah, I think those are the six, and then if Barbario hasn't bailed off to Switzerland or whatever by <laughs> then, I the guess he's in the press box. So. The other question, given Fransos' strong finish to the regular season, is there 
is there a thought to making him the playoff starter or is it Groob's job to lose still? Well, I think there's a thought to it. I just, you know, I think they are going to tend to lean towards Grubauer just with what he did in the playoffs. But like with Jost, I don't think it's going to take much for Francois to find his way in there. If he struggles a little bit, I think, you know, Bednar's just going to go with whoever's hot. He's just going to probably lean towards the veteran first. Okay. So we could see different starts from different goaltenders throughout the run, theoretically, then. Yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of teams are doing that. Cause Running you can't, the tandem, yeah. Like, if, if you think about Vegas, Flurry didn't have a good year, and they went out and got Laner. Who the heck knows there? Bishop and Kadobin. It's just, I think I could see a lot of teams doing it just with uh, how everything's going to happen. Keep your goalies fresh, too, in a weird situation, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess there's no travel. Just walk from your hotel room down to the rink. Yeah, that's definitely true. <laughs> um, Quarantine too hard. He's not playing this next game. <laughs> All right. Well, we can take our second break there as it's time to talk about our new gaming sponsor, WGT Golf. It's one of the most realistic golf games loved by more than 20 million players around the world. We just had our second tournament the other weekend. I did better than week one, but still working on it still i thought i was doing okay with thought i was heading towards a top 10 finish and then totally biffed it on the last hole so it's a struggle it's a struggle with golf sometimes evan <laughs> any any decent rounds for you on there no i'm consistently bad at this game <laughs> <laughs> just All right. like real golf i'm just not and i just yeah i'm not good at anything golf related i guess <laughs> Well, you know that uh, the Avs beat is the is the one you want to play if you want easy wins in WGT Golf then. Yeah. Um, but it has a bunch of amazing courses, true to real life, like Pebble Beach, Beth Page, Black, St. Andrews, and many others. You can go head-to-head with us here in the DNVR fam and all of our community members. You can go to dnvrgolf.com to download and join our clubhouse as well, which I think has over 250 members now at this point. So we got a whole ton of people that love to play this game come out and and have a good time with us third period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by davidson's with rudo and evan so we've discussed the starting roster we've even dipped our toes in a little bit with we'll say jost in the in the press box and barbario in the press box and wilson in the press box so that gets you to a 23 man roster from the sound of things, there had been a lot of talk of a 30-man roster. You assume 24 is Kamenev, because he exists. But <laughs> that gives you six spots to play with in filling out an Avs roster that, uh, let's face it, they've used more than 30 players this season by a good margin based on an injury. So who are your go-tos on adding to that list? Uh, well, I think you lock down one for another goalie. I would assume that's Hutchinson. Yeah. Um, if people remember, they traded for him. <laughs> um, so that's 25. From there, you need D. Uh, I mean, that's, I think, where things... Well, Kanaden, I think he's a lock. Um, so that's 26. Kanaden, I would go, honestly, probably bring another defenseman too, and that's where things get difficult. And I would lean towards Timmins. Um, not sure the Avs would. They might try to go safe with a guy like Lindholm, uh, but I would lean towards uh, Timmins. 
And then the rest spots, I go up front, I go Kaut, O'Connor, and I think they would go Tynan just to fill it out. Okay. A uh, couple of questions there. First of all, no consideration for one that Timmons spot perhaps to Byram? There's consideration. I think McDonald would be another choice too, um, just given what he did in the AHL this year. But he doesn't have a lot of NHL experience, but I guess neither of these other guys do. So, yeah, I guess my thing with I, I would definitely consider Byram. I just think with this long break, they would probably lean towards going with the safe route, just trying to um, – Do you think? It, yeah, even, go with a guy that's in the organization. Even for, with a guy for like a ninth D that realistically you're just planning on getting practices and not playing? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> the way things have gone this year, I, I wouldn't count on anyone not playing at this point. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, if they went with Byram, I would fully support it. I just think they would probably lean towards the safer direction with the – with just how wide open this playoff run could be. Okay, so assuming they go safe there, I guess the next question is, with Martin Kaut, playing him in the playoffs, at this point, the assumption is it's still going to burn the year off of his contract. So, is that really something the Avs would be willing to do at this point? Or would they fall back into that safe style, like you said, and, and use a Magna or something like that? Well, I think well, I, I think we've gone over it before. I, I wouldn't be afraid of burning the year. To me, it doesn't make that big of a deal. The Avs seem just dead set on not burning it. So, yeah, I mean, I can see where they're coming from, but at that point, he's the 17th forward, 16th forward. Pretty so deep, yeah. <laughs> if it gets down to it, you got to have your best players there, in my opinion, and, you know. If you've it's lost that many dudes, you're at least in the conference finals uh, anyway, I would hope, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're going to want some. If you lose four forwards in the first round, you're in trouble anyway. <laughs> so, um, But, yeah, I mean, I think you want to bring uh, – he, he's proven he can play in the NHL. I think you have to bring him. It would make – it would be so weird for them to just not even have him as an extra to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, the, the – I wanted to throw Bowers in there, but he hasn't even. Dave wasn't in consider. I guess not. Don't want to say wasn't in consideration, but with all the call ups, he didn't make it this year. So I yeah. think he's. You're really going to play a guy there. you give zero games to in the playoffs. I mean. Yeah, on a talent level, obviously he's there, but yeah, I mean, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I, I mean, I pretty much agree with you. I, I think it'll be interesting to see, right? And the thing is, like, bringing a Cout, bringing a Byram, it's not like they're doing something else. Their Cout can't go back to the AHL and go do those playoffs or something, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I guess the other option is just bring Byram and leave one of those extra forwards out. Also like, possible. You yeah. don't need O'Connor, I guess, or Tynan. I mean, just I think O'Connor home. is the lockiest lock of the the extras to be honest yeah, so you can fill in on the penalty kill a little bit but yeah i mean just bring byram and then he's just there and who knows maybe yep. they just go 70 at some if they're losing 16 forwards at some point just <laughs> yeah. go guess they the gotta play 70 <laughs> yeah okay so i mean look i think that's a lot deeper than most teams are in this league to be honest with you yeah, I would imagine that's a lot deeper than, I would say, 90% of the teams in the league. So, 
let's take this because at this point in time there are no decided opponents anyone could play anyone depending on how things shake out so in the west assuming 12 teams from each conference get in which opponent would you like the most for the abs in their round of 16 and which would you like the least let's assume that they can't play st louis in the round of 16 anyway so I can say I hope Chicago gets in. <laughs> <laughs> somehow Chicago advances away. And somehow they play them. Um, so yeah, it'd be Chicago, Arizona. Uh, I mean, obviously Chicago or uh, Chicago or Minnesota would be the two ideal choices to me. I think they can handle both of those teams pretty well. Nashville scares me. I don't yeah. really want to deal with Nashville just because. They seem to be turning it on towards the end of the... And obviously, who the heck knows at this point, but they seem to be turning it on a little bit before the league shut down. Um, I wouldn't necessarily be scared of Arizona, but they did give the Avs some trouble this year just because of the way they play. So, I, yeah, I would I would lean towards Minnesota and um, Chicago. And honestly, Vancouver doesn't scare me a ton. Yeah, me either. Um, and I guess... That Calgary-Winnipeg series, which is what I saw would be the one, I'd be fine with either of those teams too. So really I'm not that scared of any of these teams other than maybe Nashville. Okay, so Nashville would be the one you don't want trickling through basically. I guess Edmonton's in there too. I'd rather not face McDavid and Dreisaitl. They're top four, so you would assume that you don't well, face them in were, the first round anyway but they were they were listed yeah they were listed number 5 but I guess that would be very difficult to play as points percentage they would be number 5 i guess dallas has them yeah. edged out in that regard but okay i who scares uh, you the most i mean st louis which i said you can't say obviously uh <laughs> no one I'm not super scared of anyone, not even Nashville, to be honest with you. Uh, I think I'd be a little bit more afraid of Winnipeg just because if Hellebuck gets hot, you just lose, right? But yeah. other than that, I don't. Dallas doesn't scare me. Edmonton's fair. Uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl are pretty good, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean, I just think Nashville... If they're Since everyone's going to be healthy up front, they're a little bit deeper than some of these other teams. Um, and we know they have like guys, they have the dynamic blue line that has given the Avs some issues in the past, just the defenseman that can jump into the play. So that would scare me a little bit, but yeah, most of these teams, I, I wouldn't be worried about the Avs going up against. Yeah. So, I mean, asterisk or no, things, things look pretty solid for the Avs, assuming play does return the way the NHL wants. Um, of course you, you never know, like Evan said you're kind of flipping coins if these teams have played just a couple of games and are jumping right into a playoff series, but we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully we have more information for Friday's show on this vote that the NHL is doing and and what the official formatted rules will be, as well as other information. You know, you can always keep it locked and loaded here to the DNVR abs podcast. Evan, any other final thoughts, whether it be quarantine abs related, hockey related, (laughs) I guess we should uh, start planning for there to be a parade in the middle of October or whenever the freaking playoffs would end. <laughs> the October with nobody Cup in the, Parade. Nobody yeah. in the crowd. Digital Cup Parade only, confirmed. Yeah. Plan it. Call up Polis. Get, the, get it planned. <laughs> I got my speed dial. 
I'll tweet at him. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's show, I suppose. Thank you, as always, everyone, for listening. Hope you all enjoyed Evan's thoughts. Hopefully we can get him back on again sometime soon. And, yeah, that's going to do it for us Friday. We have, obviously, the podcast episode, but also the watch-along of Avs versus Nashville, the game, the first game they played in the Pepsi Center this season. So that's a fun one. Put it that way. Hope you all will, <laughs> will come hang out at 6 p.m. tomorrow and – Watch them beat down old buddy Matt Duchesne. No, spoilers. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, other than that, it's that time again. I get to talk about shaving my junk. Manscaped. <laughs> has you covered when it comes to all of your trimming down below the belt. Their third generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 3.0, is the most advanced skin-safe trimmer ever made with ceramic blades that prevent any nicks, cuts, jams, anything going on down around those parts that you need to protect the most. And you can get their full package to cover everything, whether it be anti-chafe deodorant or spray-on toner, just to keep everything fresh, clean, smelling good down there. You'll be totally covered. Make it look good for the ladies, for yourself, for whatever you plan on using it for. That's your ball game. Just make sure it's looking good. Go to manscaped.com and use DNVR20 and you'll get 20% off plus free shipping when your order. Your balls will thank you. <laughs> 